You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and you know what that means. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle at Tom Ryle BTB and your boy Roy White at RW3, both on the Twitter sphere where you can hit us up. You can follow the show, of course, all the great shows here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network by following at Blogging the Boys and subscribing to the podcast there anywhere you can get your podcast. One programming note to make you aware of before we get into the matchup that is the marquee matchup of the weekend that, of course, once again, the Cowboys are involved in. We've got to let you know that RJ Ochoa, our esteemed master of controls here at Blogging the Boys, has reversed the podcast release today. So we'll be out a little bit earlier. You will hear him later with the Ocho this afternoon when he is joined by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, who will be giving us a little bit of inside info on what we can expect from the Kansas City Chiefs. So make sure you check out that podcast with our boy RJ Ochoa. The Ocho, of course, the daily podcast that we deliver here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. But this is Riled Up and Tom a lot of reasons to get riled up on the boys. What a win against the Atlanta Falcons. Really the type of win that, uh, that, that really gave kudos to Dan Quinn and allowed him to accept the game ball at the end of the game. The exact type of win that the Cowboys fans wanted to see after their horrible performance against the Denver Broncos. Everything you could have wanted, they got. And it's perfect because that's kind of what you needed to see heading into a matchup this weekend against a team whose fan base also got everything that they needed to see that maybe tells them they're right back on track. Yeah. It, it, it actually is a case of, I think where both fan bases actually got more than they could have expected. Uh, you know, I think we would have been very happy if the Cowboys had had like a comfortable 27 to 10 win and been in control, but 43 to three is just a hammering. And then the chiefs put up like 45 points on the, the Raiders. Uh, Yeah, it was real good sign. It's, It's an interesting thing because both the quarterbacks had the bounce back they wanted. Now there's some subtle differences in that though, because Mahomes had been having problems all year long. And this was suddenly the big Patrick Mahomes out there working wonders and throwing all kinds of of touchdowns and all that kind of stuff game. With Dak, it was more he returned to where he had already gotten to several times during the season. With him, it was really just a bounce back from one bad game where with the Chiefs, it's they're hoping they've overcome doldrums that have kind of been plaguing them, especially very early in the season. No question about it. The Chiefs got everything they could have hoped for with Patrick Mahomes looking good, and they're going to get something else that they've hoped for 
back this weekend in the return of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a player that they have been missing, at least from an offensive standpoint, in my opinion. Now, Daryl Williams filled in nicely this past week, had a sensational catch in the end zone against the Raiders that uh, made Patrick Mahomes look better than the throw probably was. He probably threw an interception there. But Daryl Williams, the running back, wound up catching it. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a different animal, and I do think he gives them something. Uh, in this game, coming back from injury, coming back off of IR where he's missed a few games. But I also think the Cowboys are getting a boost when you look at their offensive line and the return, the likely return of Tyron Smith. Yeah, if 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 Smith is back, I think this is really going to be uh, a very solid game for the Cowboys offense, because uh, as we saw, they got Michael Gallup back last week. He had the uh, he contributed immediately, including uh, that fantastic toe-tapping catch he made uh, to set up one of Zeke's two rushing touchdowns uh, that I think was on a fourth down play. And uh, so that's already panned out, and it, it put C.D. Lamb back in the slot a lot, which is where he is just an assassin. And, uh, you know, he and his connection with, with Dak was just fantastic. That one, uh, the second touchdown that he caught when Dak had a full on blitz coming against him and they let both of the ends come free and Dak just felt wrote, just stepped back and, and retreated and then threw the ball as lamb was just starting to make his cut and was still a good 25 or 30 yards away from where he wound up catching it. That was just, that was as good a piece of quarterbacking as I think you're ever going to see. And just, you know, comes up to the point that the, the, the chiefs like to blitz a lot. I understand. And Dak is the best quarterback in the NFL this year at overcoming the blitz. And we'll see whether or not they kind of utilize that strategy this weekend because the Broncos kind of did not do that. And that's where they found a lot of their success. And there was a thought process that maybe by laying off of Dak Prescott, you got a better chance of beating him than by actually trying to get rushers in his grill and kind of disrupted things because of all the ways that he can hurt you. One of those ways that he can hurt you, of course, is by utilizing his legs Perhaps the only criticism that came out of this win against the Atlanta Falcons was what he did there in the third quarter. I don't have any problem with it. In fact, I and I love what he said after the game, which was, hey, I just needed to take a little bit of time to remind everybody that I'm still a big mother blank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he is a load carrying the football. Now, do I necessarily want him lowering his shoulder all the time? Uh, in a meaningless game when he's already up by 30 points in the third quarter of what's going to be a blowout. I don't necessarily love that, but I'm happy <laughs> to know that he brought it back to show that he can do it right now that he's done it once. There's no question about it, right? The ankle questions, the ankle concerns, they're gone, right? The shoulder concerns, the calf concerns, they are gone. And now any concerns you have about whether or not Dak Prescott can take a hit are gone thanks to what he did there in the third quarter. So while a lot of Cowboys fans and I heard some, you know, media members criticizing his decision, I was actually okay with it. I was actually, I was cheering him on. I was rooting him on to, to, to barrel into the end zone on that one. Your thoughts. Yeah. I think that was a good for, for, for Dak's mentality, maybe 
if there was any question he still had. But I think more it just showed that this is who he is at his core. He's a fierce competitor, and he he believes that he can go out and win in that kind of a situation and get the ball across. And, you know, I think that was just the, the competitive juices overwhelmed him. And he just did what was instinctual to him. And, you know, I, we need to keep him healthy because obviously uh, the Cowboys will go as far as he can take them this year. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's some other things, I think, you know, as you said, you know, Tyron Smith may be back. The offensive line already had a much better showing uh, against the Falcons than they had against the Broncos. So a lot of things are coming together. Uh you know, the one of the one of the uh, kind of odd things about this game that I noticed was that uh, the two longest touchdown throws that Mahomes had were on the final two drives the Kansas City Chiefs had in the game. And it was like they were playing in a weird inverted garbage time because the Raiders had pretty much waved the white flag. They knew that the game was over. They were down multiple scores, and they really didn't see that they could stop Kansas City anymore. To the point that and, they're playing a defense that's almost saying, like, we know you're going to run it to run out the clock, so we'll do mm-hmm. our best to stop that. And then, of course, as you mentioned, Mahomes took the top off twice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so I'm not too sure. It's like he kind of padded his stats at the end. So that's why I'm, I don't, I'm not too sure about how big a recovery this was for him. Certainly it was the best game he's had all season, but that, you know, it may look a little bit better because he put a little extra lipstick on things, you know? So, so, you know, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. I'm getting the sense from you, Tom, before we get into the article that you put together, kind of comparing these two teams and, and seeing who really has the edge in this matchup, I'm getting the sense that, that there's a significant amount of BD energy coming from you in regards to this matchup for the Cowboys. BD, of course, being big mm, uh, energy, yeah. of course. And it, it's feeling like you're feeling very good, very confident about the Cowboys' chances against the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that a fair classification of your feelings towards this matchup? Yeah, uh- as you said, this is now the marquee matchup because everybody is saying, wow, Kansas City is back. I think we're going to find out when they go up against Dan Quinn's defense uh, and then their defense, which is not that really impressive, has to try to stop Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard and everything. Um, it, you know, I'm not predicting. Well, I will probably when we get to score prediction predict a pretty big win, but uh, I, you know, this could wind up being a down to the wire, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's likely to be a, a bigger win for Dallas. And you know, of course, I thought the Cowboys were going to romp all over the Broncos, and how wrong was I about that? But it's not the same combination. It's not Dak coming back in his first game after having to sit out a few with an injury and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not the first game with uh, the reshuffled offensive line to cover for Tyron Smith, uh, who we're hoping is going to be back. So, yeah, I just think this is a little bit diff- going to be a little bit different, especially if the Cowboys can keep 
the ball longer than they were doing against the Broncos because the defense obviously got worn down as the game went on mm-hmm. just because they were out there for two thirds of the game and the Cowboys flipped that script. And so that's what the Kansas city chiefs did. They held the ball a long time and they weren't letting uh, the Raiders sustain any of their drives, just like the Cowboys weren't letting the Falcons sustain any of their drives. And like they didn't let the Vikings sustain any of their drives in the, in the Cooper rush game. So yes, there's some very interesting things these teams have done recently. They're kind of going to butt heads with each other and it's going to be interesting to see which one gets back down. Yeah, no question. And, and, you know, I guess I'm a little bit more so in the, okay, I understand that, you know, the chiefs look rosy after a big win this past weekend, but up to that point had not looked as unbeatable but a couple of things to remember about the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one, they just won their third game in a row. So despite mm-hmm. the way that they've been playing, they still have been able to string together a couple of wins. Number two, as bad as they've been playing, right? As bad as everybody has been talking about them, there is only one team in the AFC that has more wins than they do. And that's the Tennessee Titans at eight and two. Now there's four teams in the NFC that have more wins than they do. But even then, There's only five teams in the entire NFL that have more wins than the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, in addition to that, we just beat an Atlanta Falcons team that may be one of the worst in the NFL. And when you look at the Cowboys' schedule and the wins that they have, there's only one team that they've beaten who now, today, has a winning record, right? That's the the Los Angeles Chargers at five and four. Every other team that they've beaten currently has a losing record 10 weeks into the season. So to me, this is also the first real test the Cowboys will have faced. So I'm a little bit more apprehensive than you are. I see the reason for the optimism that we are going to get into about why the Cowboys have a good chance to win this game. And I believe they do have a good chance to win this game, but I want to, be a little bit cautious because I think the hype train, especially around the defense, has been built up quite a bit based on something that you and I have talked about many times on this podcast, and that is the fact that defensive performance is so highly variant on and so highly reliant on the quality of opposition they are playing and not so much the quality of the defense as it actually is. Well, yeah, and that's maybe a good time to get into some of the things that I kind of picked out from looking at this game. Uh, one of the interesting things that I looked at was uh, in, in the article, which you know we can't show you here on the podcast, but in the article I did, I, I got the Next Gen's stats uh, passing chart for Mahomes, and it was kind of something that jumped out almost immediately that uh, you know, he completed 35 passes. 13 of his completions were behind the line of scrimmage. So he was throwing a lot of screens, a lot of stuff to the, uh, to the, to, to the flat, uh, you know, and I didn't watch all of that game. So, you know, maybe he had a shovel pass or two in there, which really the, you know, the, the stats people need to start classifying as some kind of a forward handoff because, <laughs> uh, you know, they really aren't passes and they're there, you know, it's a completely safe thing because of the ball, if the guy drops the ball, it's an incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's just that outside of, I mean, he had like 
three completions out past 20 yards the whole game, uh, you know, which is a lot of uh, NFL quarterbacks only have three completions in a game of more than 20 yards. But the vast majority of his stuff was, was short. If you, you know, if you add in the, uh, the passes that he completed between the inside of 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, that and the behind the line passes were 25 of his 35 completions. So Mahomes was dinking and dunking all over the place. And that appears to be kind of the way they are trying to adjust in Kansas City to some of the other things that aren't maybe working so well for them. Uh, you know, maybe this was partly because they didn't have Edward Tolaire uh, and were having to uh, create, you know, the alternative to the running game by using the short pass that a lot of NFL teams do nowadays. But th- he was not doing real well he wasn't doing a lot downfield. He wasn't pushing it until actually late in the game, because like I said, two of those long passes were in the last two drives. And that's where I think the Cowboys have a good matchup here because they got this guy you may have heard of named Micah Parsons, who just dissects this stuff and blows it up. As a matter of fact, I was commenting to someone on Twitter that, you know, that with, with all these screen passes that Mahomes is throwing, that I said, Parsons is going to get a pick six on one of those, ain't he? <laughs> and I would not be surprised to see that. The fact that the, the depleted defensive line was getting some good pressure on, uh, on Matt Ryan and you know got to him for a couple of sacks, one of them by Mark Parsons, uh, I just expect them to, to be able to go in and stop that. And Parsons even adds another value in the fact that he may be one of the few defensive players in the league that can run Patrick Mahomes down and get him to the ground when he tries to escape. So I, I'm very interested to see if the Chiefs are able to have the same kind of a game plan or if they have to change it or if they try to go with it, the Cowboys can successfully counter it. Because I think that's a very interesting part of the game to be watching, just you know how the Cowboys counter that short passing game that worked so well for Kansas City last weekend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And are the Chiefs going back to that well, you know, knowing that the Cowboys have now seen it on tape, right? Or will they use some of those looks to take more shots down the field? I think it will actually be the latter, right? And I understand the next-gen stats within that football game, like I absolutely understand it and what they show. I agree with you that Pat Mahomes was kind of dinking and dunking, but it was also probably a case of taking what the defense gives him. And up until this past weekend, Pat Mahomes, by and large, based on what I've seen, had not really been taking what the defense had given him. He had been trying to take more, right? He'd been trying Mm -hmm. to get more than what necessarily was being given to him. Now, part of that might be, the pressure he feels based on the fact that the defense is wet tissue paper and trying to defend either the run or the pass, right? So 
they're getting torn apart. Perhaps the Cowboys being able to put some pressure on him will lead to some of those Patrick Mahomes types of trying to do too much mistakes. But at the same time, that short passing game, right? It can slow down the pass rush, right? It has the potential to do that because now guys are looking to their left and their right trying to make decisions, right? A Micah Parsons type of player where you want him getting up the field, but he's stuck in that position where he's trying to make a call, right? Um, The addition of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being back, obviously, I think helps them in that regard because he's a better pass catcher than Darrell Williams, and he's a little bit more Mm -hmm. dangerous in that respect. But we're also not talking about the two weapons on the outside, which I also feel are the two best in the NFL at their respective positions. Tyreek Hill might not be the number one wide receiver that you would take in the NFL if you were doing a draft of all the wide receivers that are available. But when you pair him with Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if there's another pairing you would take outside of that, right? Maybe Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if there's another pairing you would take outside of that. And then when you add in Travis Kelsey, who to me, again, is in a tier uh, on his own as a tight end, right? From a consistency standpoint, from a performance standpoint, that creates a number of problems for a defense that, you know, while they've looked good and have forced some turnovers, there's also been some issues, right, against bad Denver offenses, for example. I know that's really the one we kind of point to, but I'm more apt to think that they will struggle against this offense than I am to think that they are going to shut it down. The hope is that the Cowboys can get and build enough of a lead where they can make them one-dimensional, right, force them into having – to try to get those points back as quickly as possible. And that's where I think Patrick Mahomes gears start to work a little bit too quickly and, and work against him. But, you know, yeah, it's difficult well, to get you, to that point against the Chiefs because they can score so quickly. Since you mentioned Kelsey, I, one of the other things I, I mentioned was that another weapon the Cowboys showed against the short passing game was the play of Jordan Lewis. I mean, he was just lights out. Uh, you know, he had the back-to-back pass breakups uh, that that got him off the field when the uh, the uh, mm-hmm. Falcons elected to go for it on third and seven and fourth and seven and, and didn't didn't convert on either. And he did that against Kyle Pitts, who, while he's not yet at the level of uh, Travis Kelsey, he ain't no slouch as a tight end. No, and he ain't Jordan, no slouch, but he ain't even close to Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah. And I want to say I was ready for the Jordan Lewis argument because I agree with you. He was fantastic against the Falcons. They will not have a very long leash with, with Jordan Lewis against Travis Kelsey, right? They'll give him an opportunity to face off against Travis Kelsey, but if he gets burned once or twice, I don't think you will see Jordan Lewis on the field much more because um, – Again, I, I, I respect Kyle Pitts. I respect what you're saying. Understand it. Agree with it. Travis Kelsey, to me, is a, in a different category of that. If Jordan Lewis can hold up to that, then I will sing his praises, and I will be more than happy to take my medicine and being wrong on that front. But I think if they play that matchup too often, the Cowboys are risking uh, quite a bit in that regard. Well, I, I will also add in a little bit uh, of a vote of confidence in Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs. Brown is going to take away their number two receiver. You know, Nicole uh, Hardman, you know, for a guy as speedy as he is, right? You would, you would think he would be a great compliment to Tyreek Hill. I'm not afraid of him. I agree with you. I think no. he can be taken out of the game. And I think, you know, some of it is him taking himself out of the game. Um, I almost look at Byron Pringle 
as a guy that I'm more concerned about because he seems to come up with bigger catches in bigger moments, especially around the red zone, than Michael Cart Hardman has for that. Yeah. And if if Mahomes does start a little of that freelancing, that's when I think Diggs can be very dangerous. You know, now there's it's the risk. He may get burned uh, on a throw to Hill or something. But if, if Mahomes is, is at all off target with some of those stuff or telegraphs where he's going with the ball a little bit when he's out there scrambling and you can see these locking in on someone to get the ball to them, that's when Diggs might just jump in and, and extend his interception lead in, in the, the league. So, you know, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. This is going to be a bit of a proof about whether the uh, the Cowboys secondary can stand up to a good quarterback uh, rather than just to some quarterbacks that, you know, are not doing so well this year. So, yeah, it, I do agree that it's going to be a test. I just think the Cowboys are going to do pretty good. And, and don't forget, Mahomes has thrown 10 picks this season. Um, you know, hopefully that he, you know, he just had a brief respite from that. And that's going to kind of come creeping back in on him because, you know, it, just get one off of him during the game at some point, and that can be the the, the, the thing that changes the direction that, that, that everything's going. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it is going to be seen. Mahomes is dangerous. He's always going to be dangerous as long as he's healthy. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys do against that, how their pass rush can hold up. So, you know, they're going to be able to get in there and get a little pressure on him. Because uh, they are still having to go, you know, without uh, De- Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, but they managed to produce some pretty good pressure. Uh, at least they kept things contained, and they didn't get torn up in the running game the way the Broncos did, which was another big step forward. Now, it's it's interesting that Kansas City only try, had 25 rushing attempts. Again, with uh, Edwards Valera out, maybe that was mainly why they didn't. But it seemed to be more that they just were going to ride Mahomes' arm all game no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of a so, rivalry game too with the with the with the Raiders, I think there was a little bit of a statement to be made. Right, uh, there was a yeah. lot of talk that the Raiders maybe had their number that uh, you know that they had figured them out or that they were the team to kind of model around if you wanted to stop Patrick Mahomes. And I think he and the Chiefs probably heard that criticism and were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not not this team. Maybe there are teams that can do it. Right, the Tennessee Titans did it a couple weekends ago when they held them to just three points. Right, so it can be done. And by and large, right. The, the Chiefs offense hasn't looked great over the past several weeks. 41 points against the Raiders, but before that, just 13 against the Green Bay Packers where Mahomes threw for 166 yards. They only scored 20 in a 20-7 to narrow win against the New York Giants. And then, of course, as I mentioned, they lost to the Tennessee Titans 27-3. So those are their last four performances. You know, again – just a little bit more dangerous when they're coming off of a 460 yard performance and five touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't thrown an interception in his last two games. Whereas in the previous seven, that's where he had thrown his 10 interceptions for the season. So a lot of different ways to look at it. You continue to look at the matchup though. And and one of the things that I think I do come back to on, you know, on a regular basis, just because it is often a predictor of, you know, 
tiers in the NFL and, and really teams' abilities, right, is point differential. And in that aspect, I think you found that the Cowboys are highly favored. Yeah, the, the, the Cowboys are currently at uh, plus 89 in points differential. Uh, that's the fourth biggest of the league. Uh, and the, the Chiefs are only sitting at, at plus 21, which is kind of reflective of their, their one loss records because the Chiefs are just they're at six and four and the Cowboys are at seven and two. So you'd expect to see a bigger gap there. And I think uh, that and, and the, another thing I want to mention is that I think which team can sustain drives, not mm. necessarily just you know, go down and score real fast, but sustain drives and stay on the field with their offense so that their defense is fresher and, and able to come back in. And as I said, uh, you know, the Chiefs did very well at stopping the uh, Raiders from sustaining drives. The Cowboys did very well against uh, at stopping the Falcons and the Vikings from sustaining drives over the past three games. So something's got to give them. I don't think you're going to see a case where both of these teams are held to very low third down conversions. And we've also found out that Mike McCarthy is going to go for it on fourth down. Anytime he feels like there's a good chance of making it. They're not backed up in their own end zone. Um, so. Which I love, by the way, finally, oh, yes. like smart analytical football. And that's exactly the approach you've got to take against the chiefs because mm -hmm. That fourth down is so backbreaking, right? You convert on a fourth down, especially on a running play, right? And Patrick Mahomes goes from warming up on the sidelines and getting ready to come in to now having to wait at least three more downs before he can get his troops back out on the field. The time management of this game will be heavily scrutinized. And I think Kellen Moore, you know, has done enough as a play caller to, to manage that very well, hopefully. Mike McCarthy isn't called upon to have to deal with that in too much of a capacity, but he's been getting a lot of praise so far, certainly deserves praise for their aggressiveness there on fourth down. So I'm, I'm all on board with that and the way that they are approaching that. And, you know, I do think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. If you're a Cowboys fan going into this game, I just also fear Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill and what they can do to any secondary in the NFL on any given Sunday. So before we get your predictions against how the Cowboys and Chiefs plays out on Sunday, I had a quick question that I wanted to run by you. Which of these teams, because this will be billed as a potential Super Bowl preview. You will hear that on Sunday. One of the best teams in the NFC, tied for the best record in the NFC against a team that is certainly in the conversation in the AFC. Which of these two teams do you think has a better chance to be playing in February? Well, if the Chiefs can hang on to the lead in the AFC West, which is a real dogfight right now, um, you know, the, 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 team, they, the, the rest of the team seem to be up and down just like the Chiefs have been. Broncos in last can, place at five and five, and the Chiefs are six and four in first place. So that tells you a little bit about how close that division is. Yeah. So if they can hang on to that, and, and go in, you know, with one of the top. And, you know, it's possible they could wind up with the two seed. It's They're in the hunt still for the one seed because they aren't that far out from the, the Titans. And, you know, I'm not too sure how legit the Titans are, although they're building yeah, they, a pretty convincing case. That schedule right for the Titans, honestly, is what's going to bury the rest of the AFC. Like, 
They have played the toughest schedule up to this point in the NFL. They just got through a five-team 2020 NFL playoff team like gauntlet in which they won all five games. And now they get to play the Texans and the Jags and the Colts at least one more time apiece, right? So I do think, especially with that, with the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, I do think the Titans are definitely in the driver's seat, right? The Bills win over the Bills, yeah. win over the Chiefs. They basically got a three-game cushion there in the AFC. So I think they're in probably the best place, but the Chiefs as a two-seed are just as dangerous, I think, as any potential playoff team going into January. Well, if you just look at who they'll likely be facing in January and you look at who the Cowboys will likely be facing in January, mm -hmm. that deck is stacked a little bit in the Chiefs' favor because yeah. right now there aren't any real dominant teams in the AFC uh, unless you count the Titans who may just be be becoming dominant because now they've got a, a nice downward glide to the yeah. end of the season, as you said, while, you know, in the, you know, in the, the NFC, you've, you've still got the Packers who are out there clinging to the one seed. Uh, still you know, got the Cardinals getting healthy with got, Kyler Murray, you, right? They're still you, tied for it, even though they're basically giving away games to make sure that Kyler and DeAndre are healthy for the stretch run. You have the Rams, yeah. who, even though they've spit the bit here recently, were everybody's number one team through the first six or seven weeks of the season. And then mm -hmm. you still have the Bucks lurking, who, as long as they're in the playoffs and we expect them to be there, right? All four of those teams, I think, if you plopped them into the AFC, might be the biggest contender against the Kansas City Chiefs. So for that reason, I, I agree with you. I think the Cowboys do have the harder schedule and so i would favor the chiefs to be playing in february over the cowboys but that doesn't mean the cowboys can't get there and a win on sunday would certainly help their circumstances in that regard yeah. tom so who know who knows maybe both of them make it although i i will tell you that my secret desire is for the patriots to keep winning because i really would love to see a Cowboys Patriots Super Bowl. It would be the ratings bonanza that the NFL has always dreamed of. Oh, well, I would love to see that as well because that's a game I think the Cowboys get favored by a touchdown or more the next time around, right? Despite the game that they played earlier this season where, yeah. you know, basically everything went wrong for them and they still pulled it out in overtime. I would expect them to play better in a second helping against the Patriots and boy, I'm right there with you. I hope that is the case. Although I'm not buying the Mac Jones stuff, right? The yeah, same but people that are now hyping up on social media and going, I thought I was told, I thought I was told that Mac Jones couldn't get it done. I'm like, dumbass, you're the one that told me that you're the one that said <laughs> that. And how are yeah. you going to then say now either be consistent, right? Or take your L and be like, I'm the one who said it. And I screwed up, right? We all did it with Micah Parsons. I said he wasn't going to be the guy. I doubted the decision. Now I'm eating every word that I can based on what we've seen so far, right? Looks like the rookie of yeah. the year from a defensive standpoint and maybe arguably the defensive player of the year. Right? He's making a case to be amongst those guys. Yes, Both he, he is. And Trayvon Diggs, right? Teammates making a case to be in that conversation. Yeah, it's, prob it's probably going to be a case of where they're going to wind up coming in second, third, and defensive player of the year because they're stealing votes from one Yeah, another. they're hurting each other. So, But 
that uh, that was just an interesting aspect, a, a funny aspect, and a, and a small rant there. Nothing against Mac Jones, okay? Um, but I I just think the excessive way that people flip on a guy after two to three weeks against inferior opponents, it's arguably um, it's concerning to say the least. So yeah. just you know, uh, yeah, I think the breaks on the, that a little bit. Let, let's face it, the best thing Mac Jones has going for him is that he's playing for Bill Belichick. And that, I think, is what we're seeing is Belichick has figured out what he can do with Mac Jones, what he can't, and has got his defense playing well. That's why I think they're kind of surging and are going to be a uh, going to climb into the, uh, I think, the playoff picture in the AFC. But well, they're in it right now. Lot. They're firmly in it right now. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of water yet to go into the bridge, and we're more concerned about the Cowboys anyway. So afternoon game in Arrowhead, right, 325 kick for the Cowboys. Tom, how do you see this one playing out on Sunday? I think the Cowboys are going to handle it well. Um, I think they're going to come out and get an early score to kind of quiet the crowd a little bit. Although I'm hearing that there are a lot of people from Dallas headed up for that game. It's not uh, a bad drive. Are, it's only about seven hours. I did it when I was younger. Uh, yeah. It's not a bad drive. And uh, well, I, I heard the air, the airlines are packed with people wearing Cowboys gear headed up that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what I saw reported on Twitter anyway. So I didn't check. I don't, you know, don't have any personal sources on that, but I, I think, I think the Cowboys are going to have a good, good game and show that this is that that Denver was indeed a fluke. Uh, I think I don't think Mahomes is going to fall off the table or anything, but I'm kind of feeling about a 34 to 23 win for the Cowboys up in Arrowhead. Okay. I think this is going to be the first game that you and I disagree with all season on, Um, but I am actually picking the chiefs to win this one. I think the Cowboys have a good showing offensively. They look fine, but the defense gets ripped apart because of what Patrick Mahomes can do. Mm-hmm. And ultimately he gets the ball on the final drive. They're tied 31 apiece. He gets it down. They kick a field goal. They win 34 31. And that's my prediction that the Cowboys fall against the Kansas city chiefs 34 31. Tom has them winning 34 23. Give us your predictions, right? Hit us up on Twitter at Tom Ryle BTB. You can hit me up at RW three again, Programming note, the Ocho will be released a little bit later on today with our man R.J. Ochoa and, of course, his guest from Arrowhead Pride giving you some insight into what the Kansas City Chiefs bring to the table. So with that, another Thursday in the books. We'll be watching along with you as the Cowboys take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday in Arrowhead. We'll see you next week.